Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, June the 26th. And welcome to our commentary. It is very hot in North Texas. That's all I can tell you. Triple digits, uh, 100 degrees, 103, 107, they're saying on Wednesday. So, I mean, look, this is probably a good time to stay indoors if you can. And in your car, try not to be in traffic jams because these traffic jams, your many cars overheat. And the heat is just overwhelming at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So if you can stay at the office a little longer or leave a little bit earlier just to to avoid uh, the traffic, it's probably a good thing. But we get get times like this once or twice a year here in Texas. It happens. Uh, These heat spells, they happen. They're part of living in Texas. But, uh, you know, I'm used to it by now. You know how to react to it. But, man, it's still still pretty hot out there when you – when you go to those triple digits. Uh, well, just a quick story. I just saw this before. The Florida Police Union is endorsing Governor DeSantis. That's a big one. That's a big one for the governor. Uh, again, he's still in an uphill battle to uh, to go against uh, former President Trump. But as I've said many times, this, this is a long campaign. This is not over by any means. A lot of things can change. They probably will between now and next spring when the primaries are underway. So there's a lot of a lot of balls in the air, and I, I'm one of those. I have not decided who I'm supporting. I'm keeping my mind open. There's two candidates who I like a lot, Governor DeSantis and Senator Scott of South Carolina. I also like President Trump. He did a great job as president as well. But, you know, he has uh, some problems. He has some and And I'm not talking about the legal problems. I'm talking about the fact that, you know, probably the only who turns on the Democrats the way he does. Democrats get very excited when he's on ticket. And, uh, and it probably gives the Democrats their best chance of winning, actually, by, by having Trump as, as the nominee. Whereas with DeSantis, it's a fresh, you know, I think he's got a better chance, frankly, of winning. But again, everything is up in the air and we have to wait. Uh, I wouldn't I actually... I wouldn't make a lot of predictions. I just think there's too much, too much uh, up in the air. I've got a post the American Thinker Monday morning talking about the mayor of New York City. He's been very critical of Governor Abbott for sending these buses uh, to New York and L.A. and other places. A lot of these, uh, a lot of these Democrat mayors have been critical of our governor for sending these buses. And, of course, what the the governor is saying, hey, let me take the problem to you so you can see what we're going through here in Texas. And the story that came out in in several uh, media sources is that the governor sent these people up there, but the mayor of New York City is also shipping them to different places. Uh, They're getting them out of New York. And, of course, the reason they're, they're trying to get them out of New York is because they cannot afford to have them. I mean, right now, right now, New York City is stretched very thin by these migrants. Uh, The numbers that I saw were something like 78,000 people have arrived in New York City. And then on top of that, there's about 48,000 who are still basically under the support of the city. They need to be supported by the city. That is their living expenses or 
or whatever. And this is creating not only burden for the taxpayers in uh, New York City, but it's becoming a real political problem for the mayor uh, of New York City, who in one hand, of course, is, is criticizing Texas for sending these migrants up there. But on the other hand, he's not criticizing the source of the problem, his open border policy. So he's in a real mess. He's in a real pickle, say, the mayor of, of New York City. What he ought to do is, is be more assertive and criticize the Biden administration. That's where the problem is. The problem is not in Texas. I mean, the fact that we're sending these people up there, we're sending them because New York City claims to be a sanctuary city, just like L.A. and some of these other places. So the governor here is saying, "Okay, you guys are a sanctuary. Let me say. So that's, you know, that's what's driving these buses up there. The fact that they claim to be a sanctuary city. But of course, they're a sanctuary city in, in, in the theoretical way. As soon as you put people in New York City, then they start blaming the governor of of Texas. So Mayor Adams has a big problem up there because not only is this a problem economically in the city of New York with the local taxpayers, it's also a problem with some of the other communities around him who are saying, why are you sending us those people? Why are you sending the people to us as well? So it's just, it's a big problem, but it's a problem that frankly, the mayor of New York uh, chose not, he should have been more vocal against the Biden administration, because that's where the problem is, the open border policy of the Biden administration. You know, I saw uh, an interview with Kennedy Jr., the the candidate for president, and he was just down in on the border and talking to some people. He was saying that some of the people who are coming over are being given court dates in the future as long as seven years. So you come in in 2023 and you have a court date for 2030. I mean, that is just crazy. That is just crazy. That's no way of running an immigration program. I mean, if you're going to give somebody a court date seven years in the future, give it to them in their country of origin and then wait for the court date in their country of origin as they were doing with Remain Mexico, Remain in Mexico, which is what President Trump had put in place. So real mess. It's a real mess. And I understand the, the mayor of New York is frustrated because planning to be processing all these people. Frankly, neither was Texas. Neither was anybody. This has been a failure in leadership at the White House, and that's why we're having this conversation. So the mayor of New York City needs to point the finger at the source of the problem, and the source of the problem is the open border policy of the Biden administration, this crazy, crazy open border policy of the Biden administration. I've got a post uh, coming out tomorrow. There was a very interesting article that came out, very interesting report that came out comparing uh, what's happening in the schools and what's happening in some of the public schools. And this has to do, of course, with COVID. Many of the public schools in many parts of the country were shut down for a very long time and the kids were doing work from home or, or whatever. But at the same time, in most of these cities, the Catholic schools did not close. They were open during all that time. And now we're beginning to see the results of the two approaches. The Catholic schools, the students have no problems whatsoever with their test scores. They're doing fine. They're doing normal. The public schools, on the other hand, are having problems with the test scores. The kids are behind. They're falling behind. Of course, they're going to fall behind. Look, if you're 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, you're not going to get as much out of your education sitting at home in front of a computer 
with your brother and sister in another computer or your mom and dad working in the other room, you're not going to get as much out of your education, out of your education as you would sitting in a classroom where the teacher is supervising you. So, you know, the, the teachers unions forced many of these schools to close for reasons that I never really understood, but these kids were put at a disadvantage and now we're seeing the consequences of all of this. Kids who are falling behind, parents who are probably very angry at uh, what was done to their kids. It's just, uh, you know, as we saw with uh, some of the private schools and some of the Catholic schools, it didn't have to happen this way. It didn't have to happen this way. The kids could have stayed in school. There was no harm for them to be in school. They could have been in school. Now, there's always an isolated case of a kid who maybe was sick, whatever. That's fine. But in general, they should have been in schools, and we're seeing now the results of having kids in school and having kids not in school. The results is the the results are that the kids who stayed in school, who were going to school, going to the classroom, having a normal school life, their test scores are fine. The kids who were not going to school, staying at home, the kids who were really used, in my opinion, by the teachers union as political as political pawns, uh, these kids are falling behind. And what a tragedy that is. We cannot afford as a country to have kids graduating from eighth grade or sixth grade or high school who cannot read or multiply at the level they're graduating. That is simply not something that the country can afford. We need these kids to graduate with the skills necessary to compete in a very competitive world where you got to know how to read and write and you got to know how to do math. And unfortunately... Many of our kids, unfortunately, uh, were really cheated by uh, these closings. And what's going to happen, I don't know. I think in, in many of the red states, you're already seeing movement to school choice. You're seeing the movement to homeschooling. You know, I saw something, I think I mentioned it before, that 11% of the kids in the country are already doing homeschooling, and those kids are doing just fine. But it's uh, it's the public school system. That's the one that I think has a lot of explaining to do. And, of course, if you're fortunate to live in a red state, you're probably going to get school choice. If you're not fortunate to live in a red state, if you're living in a blue city or a blue state, then you better get, get your kids out of the public schools any way you can, homeschooling or private schools, whatever you can. Get them out of the public schools because the public schools are not serving your kids, unfortunately, in many of those uh, in many of those places. Well, the Hunter, Hunter Biden scandal, um, I, don't, I don't even have the right word for it, but it just seems to be growing. And I don't really know. I have not seen all the evidence. All I know is that apparently there was a conversation where Biden was saying that his father was sitting next to him. Uh, whether he was or wasn't, I don't know. I haven't seen the, obviously, I don't know if he was sitting there. But, you know, one person who could fix all of that and one person who would clarify all of that would be President Biden himself if he would come out and say, oh, I was not there. He said that, but that was not, I was not sitting there. President Biden could do that. He's clarify the problem, but they're, you know, they're sort of quiet at the White House. Have you noticed they've gone mute with respect to this, uh, with respect to this whole thing about Hunter Biden? They're not talking about it. And what does that mean? I don't know. But usually when politicians don't want to talk about something, it's because there is something going on. And uh, we'll, see, we'll see how all of this happens. Well, just a, a quick note here as we close. I want to say happy number 49 to Derek. 
Now, for someone like me who remembers Derek Jeter when he first came up, uh, my question is, where did the time go? He came up in 95 or 96, as I recall. He was part of five World Series championships by the by the Yankees. I think he actually played in six of them, but he won five. Derek Jeter, one of the great players of our generation, also a pretty good guy by by what I understand, and just a great Yankee. That's all. He, this is the beautiful story of Derek Jeter. That's all he wanted to be was to play for the Yankees. So he got uh, to live out his dream, not only live out his dream, but play in five or win five World Series. And that puts him in a very unique uh, number of players who have been able to to win five World Series for whatever team they're playing for. I think DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra, maybe Babe Ruth, uh, Lou Gehrig are in that category of, you know, people who actually played for the Yankees and were able to win five uh, World Series. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. And remember, if you're in Texas, it's very hot. Bye-bye, everybody.